Hi, and welcome to Neon Peak. My name is Haley Obright, and I'm your host. I'm an event professional, a health and wellness junkie, and a self-proclaimed boss babe. In just five years, I helped quadruple the growth of the events agency I work for, was named the emerging industry leader in Canada, became a part-time professor, got engaged to the love of my life, started a blog and podcast, and did it all while hitting my health and fitness goals. Now I want to share out all my tips and tricks on how you can also lead an energizing life that's fulfilling and takes you to your peak state. Think of me as your new friend, the one who pushes you, tells you the truth, and doesn't let you give up on yourself. I also have a pretty open door policy, so you never know which guests may end up in the seat beside me. If you want more content like this, make sure to visit neonpeak.ca and of course, subscribe to this podcast. Hi, everyone. Today, I am with Andrea Tessier. She is the founder of Conscious Classrooms, a wellness coaching business that supports educators around the world. It is built on the belief that education is the pathway to a positive future, and educators are the guides that help children thrive. By giving teachers the value that they deserve, classrooms can be spaces of conscious authenticity. Andrea Tessier is a master educator turned wellness coach for educators. She created conscious classrooms to help teachers overcome burnout and overwhelm and fall back in love with teaching again so they can experience freedom and make an impact that inspires others and changes lives. Informed by 13 years in the classroom, a degree in advanced psychology, and her own deep dive into personal inquiry, she supports educators on their journey to heal love and rediscover their passion. Andrea says, my mission is to completely revolutionize classrooms by supporting the growth of educators so they may create more conscious communities of learners. I am wholeheartedly dedicated to working with teachers and helping them heal themselves so that they can find joy in their classrooms and in their lives. I truly believe everyone has the capacity to create beautiful, sustainable change, both within themselves and in the lives of those around them. Wow, Andrea, this is like, I'm reading this and learning more about you. It's incredible. How are you? Oh my gosh, Haley, I was felt with like all the feels when you were reading my words at me. I was like, oh, I really believe that. (laughs) That's amazing. It's so incredible. And I have known you for a while. You and I were members of the same CrossFit gym, uh, Delta Train in Liberty Village. And I just remember so many times we were stretching or just cooling down after a workout. And I'd ask you, hey, how's it going? How's teaching? And I just remember you, you know, it's not that you were highly negative about it, but I could definitely sense that there was a disconnect for you. The passion was starting to fizzle out. Mm -hmm. So when you reached out to me and let me know about this new venture that you started, this new business, I was so excited for you. And I'm excited for you to share it with the Neon Peak listeners because Mm -hmm. I think your journey, we can all learn a lot from. Yeah, thank you. And it's so interesting um, that you were able to see that in me because when I was in it, I was not able to see it myself. It was one of those things where you're like, momentum is so powerful. And like you said, I taught for 13 years. So this is what I did. And that's who I was. And you just keep doing the thing. And if you don't step out of it and like question, like, why am I still doing this? And is this, is this, is this it? Um, You just keep doing it. And so I'm really thankful 
that I, I was able to, to see that and step out and have the courage to do something a little bit different. That's incredible. And we're going to talk more about that actual moment yeah. of when you had that realization and how you did that. But I want to start. So which, what grades were you teaching? Can we just get grounded? You know, what's your experience in teaching? Yeah. Amazing. So I actually taught overseas for 11 years. Um, as soon as I finished teacher's college in Winnipeg, Manitoba, I moved to China as you do. Um, I started teaching grade three there and I kind of thought it was one of those things where you do it for a year and you go back home and you start real life. And yeah, I packed all my things into my Oma's basement and I was like, see you in 365 days. And 11 years later, I rocked up. So um, from China, I was kind of like pulled to teach in the Middle East and was there for several years and then ended up being in Hong Kong for six years at a really incredible international school there. And yeah, I moved to Toronto only a couple years ago. So um, I taught a range from grade two through grade six while I was overseas, middle school while I, when I moved back here. So I had like a range of experiences that like kept the variety going in my life. Yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. So you must have seen so many different schooling systems, cultures, ways of life throughout your entire time teaching. What, what actually kept you? I'm so curious. It, it, you're right. To be in China for 11 years, most people do go for a year or two for the experience they come back. What kept you there? Yeah. So like I was still moving around. So to start in China, I worked there for two years, Middle East for three, moved to Hong Kong. There was always this, like when you get in the international circuit and if anybody's ever done it, like it becomes its own thriving community itself. And there's always like a different school or a quote unquote better school that you can be at. And so I was really thriving professionally at that time. Um, working at international schools, they're heavily, or the, at least the ones I worked at, heavily resourced, paid really well. I got um, incredible colleagues that I was learning from all of the time. And the schools I worked at were um, just pedagogically like on point with where I wanted to be as an educator as well. Um, and then traveling every six to eight weeks, like why not? <laughs> so it's so interesting because when you talk about that time, it seems so exciting. It seems like you were doing mm -hmm. exactly what you were meant to do. So can you speak a bit to when this, I guess, downturn or the passion started to fizzle out for you? Yeah, for sure. And and like hindsight is twenty twenty, right? So I moved to Toronto, which I'm so grateful for and continued to do what I know, right? I got some jobs at some really great schools and just kept doing what I always knew. And, and when I look back, I can see that the burnout was probably over my last two years of, of teaching. And it was like this, like looking back on it, it was like a slow, steady car crash, like just watching it happen. Um, and now that I've become this, very knowledgeable about burnout. I can see that I had the anxiety, I had the cynicism, I had the like dread of going to work, um, difficulty focusing and angry. And then like, those were just like the emotional symptoms. I also physically, I'd put myself into adrenal fatigue, which like came out like when I was doing, trying to do CrossFit workouts and stuff like that. I was just like not moving how I was used to. And 
and started to isolate myself at the end. And what it looked like was a lot of like blame and anger. And it was almost like I had had these like beautiful communities and at certain parts of my life. And it was almost like it had built this buffer around me where I could keep doing all of the great things. And then when I didn't have that and I was restarting anew, I, I was left to my own devices and what was in charge there were some like really disempowering habits that I had never recognized in myself, like perfectionism and a lack of boundaries. And I was highly defensive as well. And, and these are not things that I'm proud of, but they are parts of myself that I had to acknowledge. And uh, I guess they just, they didn't help me um, be the teacher that I wanted to be. So, you know, I saw myself blaming the school, blaming the students, quick to anger. And knowing what it should be, I saw myself not, not being an in integrity. And that was really, really hard to keep, keep doing the same thing because of the momentum and know that it wasn't where I wanted to be. Well, so, first of all, I want to commend you for acknowledging that. Seriously, I mean, you do not need to be a teacher right now to recognize how much courage it takes to look at yourself instead of blaming your environment and what's around you to look inward. What gave you the courage to do that? Because I know that a lot of people start doing that. They listen to a great podcast. They do some personal growth they hear a speaker, like some, something is the light bulb that triggers them to all of a sudden start looking inward versus outward. So do you remember that moment? Yes. So I think again, like there was a moment and it was also like a culmination of all of these things. Like that last, my final teaching job, there was a point where I was applying for a position that was still within teaching, but like working with teachers doing professional development. So it was an organization in Toronto that like fosters innovation and creativity and they work with teachers to bring that into schools. And I was really inspired and I was really excited about this idea of still being in education, um, really pushing what I, what I value, which is inquiry and project-based learning. Um, and the process of applying for this job ended up taking like four or five months. And in my head, like I believed that, oh, there's my dog, he's here. <laughs> We'll see if he rests. In my head, hi, sweetie. Hi. Aw, everyone has their new puppies. I'm so jealous. Everyone has a new puppy during COVID. And I'm the, my sister's getting one, and I'm the only one without one. Aw, you can walk Morty anytime. All right, deal. Um, yeah, so I ended up, after this four-month period of applying and being really sure that this was my next step, I didn't get the job. And it was really, like, I was really distraught because, you know, we attach a meaning to all of these things, but there was this pivotal moment that I asked, like, well, what was the point of that? Like, what did I learn? And it came through like clear as day, like, I don't want to teach anymore. And it was like that moment that I was like, oof, okay, like that's truth. And now what? And... The, the courage, I guess, I was not something that was new to me. Like we just talked about, like, I'm not a stranger to doing hard things. 
Um, it just had never looked that way before. So, I mean, jumping on a plane and moving to the Middle East when I had no idea what to expect, like I had done that. And so, you know, living overseas and just starting your life over and over again was something that I was comfortable with. So I guess I had an ability to find comfort in discomfort. And I think it's like Brene Brown that says like, we're wired for hard things. So I was, I was really open to like, okay, like, let's see what happens. And I was so clear on what I didn't want at that point. And I call it like the contrast. I learned that from my coach. Like I didn't want to feel angry. I didn't want to feel stuck. I didn't want to feel like I was doing something for the pension. I didn't want to feel frustrated and self-critical. So that gave me the capacity to see what I do want the clarity, which is like freedom and connection and choice and inspiration and flexibility. And I knew that the gift that I had was like the resource of time. And if I didn't put the pressure on myself to figure it out immediately, that, that the answers would come. And I find that a lot of people probably are hearing the same voice that you heard probably Mm -hmm. are being spoken to from their inner soul, their inner being saying, this is not right. You are in a conflict right now with your spirit, with your outer environment. What gave you the confidence to actually listen to that voice? Like that's what I think is the most inspiring thing is when people Mm -hmm. really truthfully listen to that voice. And I'll say for me, it's actually been meditation, which I never thought was a benefit I was going to get out of meditation, but meditation, and I've done a whole podcast on this, I, I can't even explain it because again, if you had told me this like a year ago before I was meditating, I'd be like, oh sure, that that's sure, great. Um, but it's so true. Like it's almost like my voice is louder, but I'm also making sure now that I realize that's actually my intuition speaking to me and I probably shouldn't just ignore it and shoo it away. Now I'm inviting it into my life and I can see you nodding because we're on Zoom, everyone. I love seeing the people I interview (laughs) and I can see this massive smile on Andrea's face because I think she's agreeing with me. And so I think we're on the same page with that intuition is you have to listen to it. Absolutely. And you know, one of the things that I started asking, like curiosity was huge for me. was like, how do I develop this relationship with my intuition? Like, how do I listen? Like, I know we all have it, but like, what is it? And, you know, my meditation practice was essential and I still meditate 20 to 30 minutes every single day. And I think in your podcast, you say this too, like it's about a practice, like it's not the magic happens that in that necessarily in that moment, but it is about building a relationship with yourself. And I wouldn't say that my intuition came so clearly through like in these huge, big life decisions. But I started playing with it in like smaller decisions, like which avocado do I want to buy? Like whatever came through first, like (laughs) that one. Okay, cool. Like I'll just do it. And you know, like walking down the street, should I turn left or right? Like, right. Okay, cool. Like let's go that way today. And they weren't, yeah, they weren't decisions that like would have a huge impact on the course of my life, but it was almost like me showing me that I trust you. And I'm ready to listen and like, let's do this together. So it became like this co-creation. Like for me, my intuition is connected to something bigger. I I really love that because I started with 
and I don't know why, I guess I, I am a busy person. I do have so much going on. So I don't stay in touch with people that I love as much as I should. And the first thing that my intuition kept guiding me towards was reaching out to people. Mm -hmm. And I honored it. It would say, and it would be the most, not random, they're all people in my life, but it would just be random in the way that it ordered it. You need to reach out to this person. You need to acknowledge this person. You need to send this person a message and let them know that you care about them. And I just, like you said, I just was like, okay, like, first of all, there's no risk in that. There's no harm. You're only, you're only being kind and, and reaching out, but I didn't ignore it. That was how I pushed myself to listen to my intuition. I just said, okay, I'm not going to ignore it. Like this is what my intuition's telling me today. So this is what I'm going to do. Uh, but I like the avocado thing too. <laughs> yeah. Like where should I park my bike? Like, and then, and then bigger things started coming through that I was like, well, okay, like get a dog. And I was like, okay, guess we're getting a yeah. dog. <laughs> and which dog did you get? I'm so Well, curious. he's a boxer puppy. I got him pre COVID, but it has been nice having him around during these times. <laughs> That's so awesome. All right. So you have, traveled the world for 11 years, you come back, you experience your burnout, you listen to your intuition, start this new journey. Why don't we kind of fast forward there? What does this look like now? You're starting something from scratch, like take us to how this all got started. Because I also think it's so powerful for people who want to start something to really hear how another entrepreneur has done it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So there's like so many phases to this journey. Um, And, you know, again, like looking back, like this trajectory is so clear, like doing my psych degree, like being a teacher and it's just like, oh, and like being so comfortable with uncertainty. It's so clear that it brought me here. Um, But I obviously you don't know it at the time. Um, I think like spending a good like year and a half doing a deep dive into my own just like introspection and knowing all of the things about myself was really important um, just to acknowledge my own patterns and beliefs and emotions. And you did that with a coach and you had a coach? I first started it on my my own um, and I had this like intellectual mastery where I was like, yep, I get it. I know all the things. And most people, that's where they live. But I, then I started asking, well, I need a little bit of guidance here. Like what's next? And again, intuitively was found, I found my life coach, Megan Suter, and she helped me like find the emotional mastery, like put things actually into practice in my life and start, start um, being the person that I wanted to be because I had figured it out, but I wasn't necessarily doing it already. And so we worked through some of the resistance together so that I could, you know, trust myself, know myself, accept it all, and love it all. Like, we don't talk about loving ourselves enough because, mm-hmm. you know, there's maybe I don't want to be selfish or I don't, you know, we had this like, we want to be humble or whatever, but you have to love yourself to make these big decisions in your life and, and know why you're making them. And so that is that part of that work was essential. Um, my yoga and meditation practice was essential getting onto my mat all of the time. And, and then it was about figuring out a vision of like how I wanted to feel moving forward, who I wanted to serve moving forward and what I wanted to provide. And then 
who did I need to be to provide those things? And so the work for me was less about like doing all of the things, but who I wanted to be on a day-to-day basis. And so I was doing this coaching with my coach and I was like, this is incredibly powerful work. Like our, the coaching relationship is like no other um, because you have somebody who is on your side, who believes in you, who is just a few steps ahead, lighting the way for you. And they're like, yes, you've got this. This is what's next. And Megan being super intuitive and spiritual as well was helping me develop my relationship with my intuition. And so all of these came, like all of these things sort of like merged early or sorry, late 2019 when I had had a conversation with three different educators um, and all of them were talking about how challenging their year was. Every single one of them was angry, was struggling, was having a hard time with their class or a parent community. And I just felt them. I was just like, yes, that was me. And now I see it. I was like, I see your story in my story. And I think I can help you. And it was because I had worked on this relationship with my intuition. I was filled with all of the feels and I was like, this is it. I'm going to coach teachers. You know, Andrea, I know I'm in a good podcast interview and I get goosebumps. That's my favorite feeling. I just love these stories. Seriously. I think they're so powerful. And you know what I think is amazing is that, you know, your car gets a little dent or the the light pops on and says it needs maintenance. And within a few days, you are at the mechanic fixing it. And yet every, I would say, and I have no statistical proof of this, I bet you 80% of people are walking around with the little light on in their own system, and it's been on for years, and they have not taken themselves in to get checked. They have not taken themselves in to heal themselves, to fix themselves, or they're not doing the work for themselves, but we weren't raised to think that way. We weren't, we're not, it's not their fault. We're not in a culture. We are starting to get there. It's being talked about way more and, and businesses like you and what you're starting are helping with that. So thank you. But we need to f- put the time to also, you know, invest in ourselves and heal ourselves and be okay with the fact that we need maintenance too. I use that metaphor in a blog post I wrote as well, just uh, a couple of weeks ago, which is amazing that you said that in synchronicities. I love it. Um, and yeah, absolutely. And that was like one of the biggest things that I learned working with my coach was to slow down. And I wanted to jump into doing and into figuring it out and, you know, driven by security and certainty. I was just like, okay, well, what's next? Like I'm, I'm ready but the healing wasn't finished yet. Like I had to do the work so that I could guide other people to do the work. Right. And so that part was really important. That's awesome. Good for you. Good for you to take the time and acknowledge it. So what does it look like now? Like when you're working with teachers, what does your day to day look like? I'm trying to visualize what this, what this is and how are you, uh, yeah. How are you working with, with teachers? Yeah. Okay. Amazing. Thank you for asking. Honestly, this life of an entrepreneur is just like different every single day, right? Like I'm, I spent three decades in education, like being in school, going to school, being a teacher. Like that is all I knew was like having everything in my life scheduled, 
like mm-hmm. to when I'm going to go to the bathroom, when is recess, you can eat your lunch at this time for my entire life. So well, now your entire, having- <laughs> your entire day was dictated by uh, bells. Yes. Yes. <laughs> going on. <100%. laughs> so I have had to figure out like, okay, well, how am I going to do this? And what does this look like? And getting used to some weeks and days, having like loads of momentum and lots of things happening and loads of conversations. And then some weeks being like, what the hell am I doing? Like nothing is happening. Nobody wants to talk to me. Like this isn't working. And then something happens and it's just like, whoosh, like all these. And I guess my belief is if I am serving, if I am truly helping, and that is my mission and that, that it will come back, like the energy will come back and the people that need me will find me. And I trust that. So Um, I put a lot of energy into a community that I started on Facebook. As soon as COVID rolled out, I was like, these teachers need help and I need to bring them together and start sharing some really important messaging and resources and just offer value or just talk to them because they're at home, they're on their screens, their lives are really hard right now because everything's just pivoted and I know how they're feeling because that was me. And so my number one is like engaging with teachers, connecting them, bringing them together in a group. And so I do that. Um, I connect with teachers and I do one-on-one coaching. And so I work with teachers over the course of about three months, 12 weeks, And I offer loosely like a program that I generated based on my experience and then informed by what other teachers are going through in the world. There was, I had this big question, like, how is it that two teachers can be at the exact same place in the same school in the same institution and one has burnt out and one hasn't. So it wasn't institutional there's something more going on for that person. And so I just started asking questions. Sorry, can we and, stop there? I, yeah, I am curious please. to answer that question. Why? Well, what were you finding the most common commonalities between those two people? Or sorry, the, mo- the differences between those two people? There's a mindset. And the people that burn out were like me, people who are so, I guess I want to want to say is they, are driven by these patterns that they've always known, a belief system that they've always known that has worked. And like everything that we learn, it's there for a reason and it works until it doesn't. And, and for me, um, it, when I realized it wasn't working anymore, that's when I moved on. But like we get stuck in that for a long time because of momentum. And so perfectionism, which is highly adaptive because it looks really good and you produce a lot of really high quality work and you get a lot of positive feedback, but it's exhausting. And the internal critic that goes along with that perfectionist is kind of an asshole. And so (laughs) when that's what's driving you from a place of fear, you're not going to be able to do that for very long or like yourself very much. Um, Some other things that people struggle with are finding balance and setting boundaries. And it's because they don't believe that they can. They have a really hard time saying no because they're pleasing other people. They feel like they have to, it's, it's job security, it's this and that. And so being, knowing what's making decisions for them is really, really hard. Um, And 
then there's this idea of like security and my pension and you get into like, well, I'm doing it all of these great things. So I'll just keep, I'll keep doing this job because all of these external factors are really motivating and they've kind of forgotten why they're doing this in the first place. Like what that fire is, what that passion is. And so when I work with teachers, we work a lot in mindset. We figure out some really important anchors to get them feeling good. We help them. I help them. I'm not going to say we. I help them. (laughs) That's an entrepreneur's uh, little tactic. We make our businesses feel bigger by saying we. It's actually, I actually like doing it, to be honest with you. I'm always like, yes, we'll uh, send you to the marketing department. Um, (laughs) And uh, here's our payables and receivables. Me. Still me. (laughs) But again, mindset, you got to think bigger than you are, right? That's true. That's true. <laughs> Thank you. But I love that. So can you go, are you also looking to uh, go into schools to speak yes. to all the teachers in one school? I would imagine that would be great value to an entire school that everyone is being coached and trained on the same page so they can work as a better unit together. 100%. And that was a magic thing that happened in the last two weeks. Like I've been really focused on adding value to my clients. I started a small group of educators from around the world. Like I've got a teacher in Germany and one in California, and we're all working together with the same mission. Um, and I was approached by a school in Toronto and I was like, yes, that's exactly what I want to do is, is for school cultures to transform into really valuing their teachers, you know, Um, when we think about like our students, like they're not okay, but you know, if those of us that are supporting these kids that are seeing them every single day, you're not okay. Like they don't stand a chance. And, um, there's, yeah, Dr. Jody Carrington is like the master of this work and like really proponing it. And I love her. Um, but yeah, I really believe that we need to start supporting their teachers and it's wonderful if they're doing it individually. But if the system around them can be lifting them up as well, like the students are the ones that are going to benefit. And that's where I see like the transform transformation of this work. Oh yeah. A hundred percent. And doesn't that apply to everybody in the world, right? Like you can't have broken people teaching other people or that hurt potentially being projected out. And I just, again, commend you for the work that you're doing. And I think that it's just going to start flowing towards you because you have the right attitude. It also goes back to my whole episode on habit of ferocity in a blog I wrote with Stephen Kotler, who helps you define your passion, your purpose before you start any mission. If it is grounded at the core in passion and purpose, it, you are, and then of course, layered on with hard work, it's going to succeed because you have the right intentions in your heart. And I can tell just speaking to you, you're so passionate about this. And to be honest, it, I think there's going to come a point where you expand beyond teachers because there's burnout in every single industry. I mean, I'm an event professional outside of, of course, my blogging and podcasting, and there's tons of burnout that I see. So I think what you're doing is incredible. And I think it could help so many people, but definitely the teachers need it. The students need it. And, uh, and I think it's just so powerful. Thank you. Thank you. I do. I feel really on purpose now. Yeah. So exciting. It's so exciting. So my last question for you is what is the biggest piece of advice that you'd give to the Neon Peak listeners on how they can live an energizing life? Ooh, 
Oh man, I didn't prepare for this. Thank you. <laughs> and we um, know that whatever answer you give us is one on a list of many. So just pick your favorite. So intuitively, the first thing that came like through while you were like finishing your question was love. Um, yourself, those around you, um, your community. Um, if you can start anything from a place of love and it's rooted in connection, it's rooted in purpose, it's rooted in authenticity, you can do fucking anything because it's coming from the right place. <laughs> yeah. Agreed. Totally agree. Well, Andrea, it was such a pleasure to have you on the Neon Peak podcast. Thank you for opening up. Thank you for sharing your journey. And thank you for everything that you're doing. We wish you the best of luck. And if there's any teachers listening in, where can they find you? Yeah. Amazing. Teachers, schools, you know a teacher. Everybody knows a teacher. Um, a great place to start is just connect with me on Facebook, Andrea Tessier. I'm on Instagram. I think it's the reverse, Tessier, Andrea. And I have a website at andreatessier.com. And yeah, I would love to chat just to hear your story and see what's happening. Awesome. And I will link that in the podcast notes so everyone can find you. All right. Well, that's it for today. Thanks, guys. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. If you like what you heard, make sure to hit subscribe and leave me a quick rating and review because good energy is contagious. If you want to say hello, you can always contact me at neonpeak.ca. And remember, to hit your peak performance, you got to wake up, kick ass, and repeat. You got this.